2: Would you believe it?
0: This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: Here's your boy, Q.
1: And welcome in to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Your boy, Q. Very excited to be where I'm at. I'm on the road right now, not in studio. Damon Cotton, he's behind the wheels of steel. He's making everything work back at the home studios, and I definitely appreciate him. But for the next two hours, I'll come to you live. From Canton, Ohio, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the festivities going on all weekend long. And Raider Nation, do I have some tales to tell you? Damon? I told you yesterday, I told you multiple times, when it comes to me and traveling, there's always something that happens, right? There's always something that goes on. Usually it's the flight. Well, I'll tell you this. The flight was great. It was everything after the flight that's been an adventure. But we'll get to that at some point throughout the course of the show. We're here to celebrate Charles Woodson, who's going into the Hall of Fame. We're here to celebrate Coach Tom Flores, who's going into the Hall of Fame. We're here to shout out to The Violator, who's going into the Hall of Fans. Very excited for the next couple hours. Plus, we have a really good... Hall of Fame edition of Unnecessary Roughness coming up tomorrow afternoon from noon to two. And it's all thanks to Maui Jelly Factory. You can check them out at MauiJellyFactory.com. They have all the best syrups. They have all the best sauces. They have everything you need to put a little Maui into your life. You definitely want to check them out. All of the fruits that go into these jams, these jellies, these sauces all come from the island. They all come from Maui. They're fresh fruits. You want to try them. You want to put them on. I had some, I had one of the the jams on some pork one night. The wife made it because I can't cook. But the wife made it, put some, put some of this jam on a piece of pork and mm, mm, mm-mm. How do they say bon appetit? Is that what they say?
3: They be saying it.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean. It was really, really good. So check them out at MauiJellyFactory.com. I'll definitely t- tell you more about them throughout the course of the show, but we're going to get things started right now. We're going to go right into the pressure cooker and get things popping. we got a couple really good guests coming up on today's show. And the very first one I'm so excited about, Trey Wingo, formerly at ESPN. Uh, you can find Trey Wingo on YouTube, Trey Wingo Presents. Uh, he has a lot of good guests and you want to talk about an NFL mind. Trey Wingo is exactly that. So uh, DeMond's going to dial up Trey Wingo. We're going to get to him to talk all things Hall of Fame, talk All things NFL. He's in Canton, Ohio. He's been hanging out with the Hall of Famers. I've seen pictures with him and Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, uh, everyone that's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I saw him with uh, the commissioner, Roger Goodell, seen him with David Baker. Trey Wingo is all over the scene. Uh, And so we're going to talk to him in a matter of minutes. And also coming up in the three o'clock hour, Heidi Fang uh, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also Uh, Our teammate, Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker, she'll join us to talk all things Raiders practice because I was not there today as I was traveling to Canton, Ohio, where I'm at right now, and I am not on Radio Row. I found out Radio Row was going to close at 4 p.m., uh, Eastern time, and that would not have worked. <laughs> so I had to hightail it to my hotel, and that's a whole other story. But, uh, yeah, we, we'll get to that throughout the course of the show as well. Got a lot to get to. Uh, very excited about all the festivities that are going to happen this weekend. I uh, Got my credentials, was able to pick it up, and so I know I'll be all over town all weekend long before I head back to Las Vegas and uh, bring you some sights and sounds. So very excited about that. And DeMond, just let me know when we have Trey, and uh, we'll get things cooking here. On unnecessary roughness, and of course, Raider Nation. Throughout the course of the show, I would like to hear from you as well. Uh, we talked about what this weekend means. We talked about Raider fandom, uh, but I want to talk about the game last night. I want to talk about preseason football, and I know preseason football isn't something that everyone gets fired up about, but we will talk about it. We'll see. We'll talk about what we saw from the Hall of Fame game. It was nice to just see football activity again and see fans in the stands. That was something I thought was really, really cool just to see. Fans back out at Tom Benson Stadium, being able to enjoy a game regardless of the outcome. The Steelers come away with the victory over the Cowboys, but wins and losses don't matter in the preseason, especially not in the Hall of Fame game. So we'll get to that in just a matter of minutes. Do we have Trey, Daman?
3: Still working on it. Still working on it.
1: Okay, absolutely. That'll work. So the question that I want to throw out there for the, for the show today is now that we saw The preseason game last night, we saw the Steelers, we saw the Cowboys, and we know wins and losses don't matter. What do you look for in preseason games? What will you be looking for, Raider Nation, a week from tomorrow when the Raiders host the Seattle Seahawks? They open up Allegiant Stadium officially. They'll have a ribbon-cutting ceremony that day there at Allegiant Stadium. We already got the media uh, 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 advisory paper or the the media... uh, kind of the, the email that they send out to let us know what's going on, uh, that will take place on uh, Saturday, August 14th. So what will you be looking for throughout the course of the three preseason games? Remember, it's not it's not four, and it's not zero. Last year, there was none. Before that, there was always four. This year, there's three because there's 17 regular season games. So what is it that you'll be looking for? What is it that you pay attention to when it comes to preseason Games, so that's uh that's gonna come up later on the show. But right now, pleased to have on the Raider Nation Hotline our guy Trey Wingo. And you want to talk about a guy that knows NFL, knows football like the back of his hand. That is Trey Wingo. And Trey, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, live from Canton, Ohio. And uh, first off, uh, how was it to be at a game last night in, in Tom Benson Stadium? And I, I know, I mean, the outcome doesn't matter. It wasn't really the cleanest game, but it was the first. It was the first football game there was fans in the stands just how was the atmosphere what what were your takeaways from that
0: Well two things hey great to be with you guys it just it felt fun you know what i mean it was like i remember this this is hopefully what we're headed for this season now obviously what's going on with the covid outbreaks in certain places is a little disconcerting but hopefully uh, that's what ahead of us uh, that's what's ahead of us going forward and and uh, by the way to your question you're going to ask later the only thing anybody should ever ask for in preseason is health get yeah. out of it healthy, you know? Right. Like, look at what happened to Justin Jefferson today uh, with the Vikings, right. went down, jammed his shoulder. We think he's going to be okay, but that's always the whoa-oh moment you know, that you never want to have in a preseason game. And when I say that, look, there are obviously six or seven guys every year that are battling for either a starting job or a spot on the roster. And preseason games are very important for those guys. But for the vast majority of your team, it's just about getting your reps, getting in and out, and being ready for week one.
1: Right. And and what I've heard from multiple coaches, including John Gruden, they really appreciate those scrimmages. And the Raiders are going to scrimmage against the Rams uh, later on in training camp. Those they really get more out of than they do even preseason games. Is that your, your understanding as well?
2: Absolutely.
0: Uh, to be quite honest, I was really surprised after the success we had last year with, as you said, zero preseason games, that they were going to go back to some sort of preseason model. Because, you know, were, were things perfect? No, but football certainly looked like football last September without any of those preseason games, and I know the players probably would rather not play them, except for those few people, like I said, that right. are you know, counting on that to get a roster spot. So, yeah, I think most, most players and coaches love these controlled scrimmages more than a
1: preseason game
0: because you get what you want out of them without unnecessary exposure that a game would, pre- would present.
1: Talking right now with Trey Wingo here on Unnecessary Roughness here at Raider Nation Radio 920. Both of us live in Canton, Ohio right now. And, Trey, I've been seeing you on Twitter and a lot of your pictures that you've been taking. Peyton Manning, the commissioner, David Baker, Charles Woodson. Uh, how has it been just to be around all this greatness that all, that comes and collects and, and gathers for Hall of Fame weekend?
0: Well, You know, we missed this last year. And, and yep. if you love football, like, it's hard not to just. Get sucked into everything that Canton is. And I just want to say this real quickly. I'm sure there are very... There are a lot of people who are really good at what they do, but I'm not sure there's someone better at their job than David Baker is in running the Hall of Fame. Like, his passion is endless. His energy is relentless. He says all the right things at all the right times to a myriad of different people. And I just... I just think that the Hall of Fame is in such good hands with him running the show, and it's really something. We, you know, we had a, a state of the hall, for lack of a better term, meeting this morning where you saw a lot of those pictures from. And I'm telling you, he stood up there for 90 minutes after being at the Hall of Fame game in Tompkins City last night until it was over and shaking hands and you know talking to whoever would come up to him and say hi. And at 68 years old, he got up there this morning and delivered a. Now, it wasn't even a speech. It was a conversation for about 90 minutes with no notes. And it was just if, 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 if he doesn't impress you on the Hall of Fame and football, you can't be impressed right. on the football and Hall of Fame. And it's just uh, he, he really does such a wonderful job. But to your point, it's just great to be back. You know, it, it's where it all started, it's where it began. And you can't help but get a little bit of the goosebumps when you walk around them.
1: Yeah, it, it's so much fun, and I, I, this is only my second time being here. But the first time, I you are right, I got goosebumps just being around all the greatness. And you realize that the you know everyone who's played football that's a that's a feat in itself. Just getting to the league and staying in the league for a little while, but then to be enshrined in Canton, Ohio, that's a fraternity that they can never take away from you. That's just that's just a whole nother level of greatness. And, and this is a heck of a class. And and what were your thoughts just Peyton Manning going in, and and the greatness that is Peyton Manning?
0: Well, a couple of things here. First of all, this is so unique because we have last year's class, the centennial yep. class, and the 2021 class. So over the course of two days, and normally it's just one night of enshrinement, but Saturday and Sunday, we're going to have 28 new members of the Hall of Fame. Just from perspective, that's by far the largest class we've ever had, or the largest number of people going in at one time. Previously, the, the inaugural class, I like think of 63, was 17 players. So this is, you know, nine more than that. So it's, it's a mammoth undertaking over the weekend. But as for Peyton, yeah, he's clearly the headliner here. And i got to say, Peyton was totally Peyton this morning. You know, everyone else is showing up, and then they've got their khakis and their white Hall of Fame shirts. Peyton showed up in shorts. Like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you <know? laughs> it was casual Friday for, for Peyton Manning at his, Hall of, his first Hall of Fame uh, actual event. You know, and he's walking around in khaki shorts like he just came off the golf course. So, you know, he was who he was. And, and uh, you know, they recalled uh, sort of Mike Wells, who – uh, Mike Chappell, rather, who covered him for so long in Indianapolis, like his—you know—you get up and you have 45 minutes to make a speech about your Hall of Fame person that you're presenting for voting, and, and Mike's was Peyton Manning. That's it. That's the speech, and he walked away. And you know six seconds later, Peyton was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And there's going to be a few like that. Tom Brady and Charles Woodson was probably very similar to that as well. So right. it, it's just—you know—the Mannings are whether you like it or not, they're kind of like the first family of. You know, the Longs are up there, and
2: right. uh, you know, the
0: Fuller's have had a bunch of players uh, play on the defensive backside of, of the NFL. But you know, if you're a quarterback and you got two guys that are MVP Super Bowl MVPs, that's kind of a hard uh, that's kind of a hard chip to, to jump. Something you need like a straight flush to trump right. that one. So that's sort of where they are right now.
1: Talking right now with Trey Wingo here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, if you talk Peyton Manning, you got to talk Charles Woodson. You brought him up, but to, to me, yeah. those guys are kind of joined at the hip, going all the way back to college, coming into the league together, going out at the same time. And I remember that game where Charles Woodson said, the only guy I really want to intercept is uh, Peyton Manning. I haven't had an opportunity to, and he ended up getting to that game against uh, yep. Peyton Manning. But uh, Charles Woodson, no doubt about it, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, how How impressed with you were you with him by the way he was able to be a defensive back play really well for the Raiders go away to Green Bay in my opinion mature come back even a better player and then switch the safety as well and just just did it flawlessly
2: listen what, what you
0: said is exactly right he came in as a really good young player and then figured out what you need to be a really good veteran player and a really good older player and it's a different thing it's a different skill set. And by the way, I fully expect Peyton at some point on Sunday in a speech to say, I'm glad to be on this platform with Charles Woodson so we're equal, unlike the Heisman Trophy where he picked me off. Like, I, I, If he doesn't <laughs> say that, I will be 100% shocked that that doesn't come out of Peyton Manning's mouth. But Woodson became the leader. Look, You, you, you even heard it from Aaron Rodgers at that you know, flamethrower press conference he gave in Green Bay when he yeah. came back from, you know, being away the entire offseason when he talked about how important Charles Woodson was to the Packers. And so they won that Super Bowl with Charles Woodson on the sidelines because he hurt his collarbone uh, in the first half of Super Bowl forty five, And that was a void that the Packers needed to fill. And, and to Woodson's credit, you know, he, even though he wasn't playing, he was an influence in that game for them. Absolutely. In a variety of ways. And that's the leadership you're alluding to. A lot of players come in that are really talented. The question is, when, it, when they realize everybody in the league is talented, what do you do to separate yourself? And that's the right. discipline, and
1: that's the study,
0: and that's the understanding and the maturity that you're talking about. And Charles ticked all those boxes in his career.
1: And of course if you're talking Raider Nation you're talking Charles Woodson you got to talk about Coach Tom Flores he's waited a very long yep. time to get into the hall and and Trey sometimes that happens some of these guys take a long time to get into the hall but when they do it's so special what were your takeaways from Coach Flores as he was at that that uh, banquet this morning that you were at as well
0: Yeah you know some guys sometimes it just doesn't make sense and you know, you look at Tom's resume and the things he was able to do I can't begin to tell you why it took so long for him to get in and there's always a couple of those, those people. And I guess it's easier sometimes to forget about a coach because you say, well, let's put on the clips or put on the highlights. And, you know, it's Tom Flores with his arms folded on the sidelines. You know, it's not as exciting as right. a Charles Woodson or a Peyton Manning or a Deion Sanders or, you know, Fred Bolitnikov or a Kenny Stabler. But to, to suggest in any way, shape, or form that he wasn't transformational in what he was able to do. And the things he was able to accomplish as the head coach, it's weird. I, I do feel like coaches sometimes get lost in the shuffle, and I can't quite understand why. But it, this is long, long overdue for Tom. And unfortunately for some guys, and a lot of guys, that, that reckoning comes after they passed.
2: So right. I'm thrilled for him
0: and his family that that didn't happen for him. So let's celebrate the moment. Let's also not, re, let's also not sort of forget, this should have happened five, six years ago for Tom Flores.
1: Absolutely. And, and, and talking about passing away and, and, and guys that go into the hall after they passed away, like the snake that happened to him. And, you know, Cliff Branch is still not in the hall, you know, and so yeah, don't uh, understand that one at all. Right, right. That's an unfortunate one as well, and he will get in at some point. But it's just, you know, unfortunately, it took too long, and and, and he's no longer with us. A uh, one coach that is with us that really, and you're a you're a draft guy. I mean, you, I, I love your coverage of the draft. You always really break things down. Jimmy Johnson, he really changed the draft uh, in a major way with the Herschel Walker trade. His chart that he has, he's going in. Is uh, announced yesterday that he's going into the Cowboys Ring of Honor, which should have happened yeah. a long time ago as well. But, <laughs> I
0: mean, right? Yeah.
1: Thoughts on Jimmy getting into the Hall as well and, and how emotional he's going to be uh, when he's officially inducted and gives his speech.
0: Well, look, like Jimmy Johnson's career was not long, but it was brilliant. He was right. a Terrell Davis. He was a Gail Sayers when it came to coaching. And I do find it funny that it took Jerry, it took Jimmy getting into the Hall of Fame for Jerry to say, oh, yeah, now you're in the ring of honor. You know, like, <laughs> uh, David, right. David Baker, by the way, this morning had a great line. He said, look, this is the power of the Hall of Fame. We got Jerry and Jimmy to bury the hatchet. I mean, we can fix anything, you know? <laughs>
2: it
0: was a this – is, this is what I'm talking about with David. Like, he knows what he's doing. It's perfect. But Jimmy right. did revolutionize the game. It's not just the picks for Herschel Walker trade. It's what they turn those picks into, you know? That's, yep. that's the most important thing. And you know, as a Raiders fan or a guy that covers the Raiders, all the picks they got for a Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper – That really hasn't added up to what a lot of Raider fans were hoping it would add up to. It was what Jimmy was able to do with that. And I'll never forget a Sports Illustrated story in the early 90s about Jimmy and his staff. And they talked about grinding. And they would go to college coaches and they'd say, okay, what do you know about this guy? And they'd go through a spiel because obviously if their guy gets drafted, it's good for them. And then they'd stop and say, okay, but what do you really know? Like, I get that. You're telling me the things you want me to hear. Now you need to tell me the things I need. And their coaching staff was really good at that. And Jimmy's best attribute as a coach was not an X's and O guy. Jimmy was a leader. Like there's two kinds of coaches, right? There's X's and O guys, and then there's guys who find way to lead and motivate men. And Jimmy was absolutely more of the latter than the former. Like he and Troy Aikman, when they first got there, did not get on along at all. But Troy it absolutely swears by Jimmy now because he knows the things that Jimmy was doing eventually made him a better player in the long run. So Jimmy was a master manipulator and a master motivator. And that was never more evident when they were going for their third or second straight uh, NFC title game against the Niners. They beat him the year before to get to Super Bowl 27 in San Francisco at Candlestick Park. And, you know, the Cowboys at one point were 7-4. and four. They rolled off five straight wins to get in there, and they were hosting him. The Niners were hot. Steve Young was playing really well. And Jimmy sensed that his team wasn't where they needed to be. And he went on a radio station that week and said, we are going to win the ball game. We are going to kick their ass. And George Seifert had to respond to that. He's like, well, we'll find out if they're, you know what's are brass or paper mache. They were brass. And, and you go back to the NFL films clips of that game, Brock Marion, Darren Woodson, Pup Smith, They're all on the sidelines saying, Jimmy said we were going to win, so we had to go do it. That was his gift. He found a way to connect with his team in a way that they would understand what was necessary. And sometimes that is the hardest thing for a coach to do.
1: I, you're right, you're 100% right that, that's hard for a lot of leadership to do in, in just an everyday yep. walk of life that that makes a lot of sense right there uh, talking with Trey Wingo here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920, before I let you go Trey and I do appreciate your time this afternoon uh, like I said, you, you're a deep diver when it comes to the draft, there was a lot of quarterbacks that were drafted this past uh, uh, draft. is there a certain quarterback or maybe a couple quarterbacks that you're really eyeing thinking this guy is going to take that next step they're going to be that franchise quarterback that this team is looking for
0: Well, look, I don't think there's anybody that fills out what everything you would want more than Trevor Lawrence Mm -hmm. coming out of Clemson this year. You know, there are a few players that could probably play in the NFL after their freshman year, and Trevor Lawrence might have been one of those guys. He's got the body. He's got the mindset. He's got, you know, the the physical attributes. He's got the size. Um, But, you know, he's going to Jacksonville, which has not been a really good place for a lot of years, and I have a lot of concerns about Urban Meyer as a first-year head coach. You know, Steve Young had to go a couple of places before he became Hall of Famer Steve Young. But right. he had all the attributes. I just Trevor has more attributes than anybody in this class. I have no idea whether or not that's going to translate to success in Jacksonville because of the team around him. And that it may be a situation where Trevor may have to go somewhere else if it doesn't work out for the Jaguars, but I believe going into this process, he has more of what you would want than any other quarterback that was taken in the draft.
1: He gives him a chance. He gives them a fighting chance. It's what yeah. they do with it, right? So that's, Absolutely. I guess, that's all you can. That's all you could ask for. And Trey, I know you do a lot of uh, the YouTube stuff. I saw Steve Smith was on with you, and man, that's talk about yeah. a guy that I really respect and think he's a lot of fun just to listen to in general. Is Steve Smith? But uh, who, who all have you had featured on on your YouTube page? And and how's all that going?
0: It's wonderful. It's uh, the podcast is called Half Forgotten History. You can catch it out, check it out wherever you get your podcasts, or also on my YouTube page, go Presents. You know, it's season four for us. We've had you know, Emmett Smiths of the world, the Teddy Bruskies of the world. We've got Archie and Eli together talking about uh, the Manning family. We had Carol on not too long ago. He was great. We've got Terrell Davis coming up this season, uh, yes. Herm Edwards coming up this season, Drew Bledsoe, Justin Tuck. It's a lot of fun, just about the stuff that went on that I know about and the players know about that somehow never made it onto the, the stage or in front <laughs> of the microphone. So, and I'm glad you mentioned Steve. He's first ballot. Hall of Famer next year, and I'm not sure pound for pound there was a
1: better
0: player in the NFL than Steve Smith played, and to me he is absolutely a Hall of Famer I'm curious to see how
1: long it takes him to get in Yeah, me too, I'm very curious to see how long he gets in, but or how long it takes but man, he was a dog, he was that definition I really he enjoyed watching right. Steve, yes exactly, good stuff right there Trey, thank you so much for your time, I really do appreciate it, enjoy the weekend I'm going to enjoy the weekend, and soak it all in we'll talk to you soon you got
0: it, man. Enjoy Canton. Talk
1: to, you. talk to you later. All right, appreciate you. There he goes, Trey Wingo, right there, uh, man. Yeah, I saw him talking to Steve Smith, and I would—that's a guy. If you ever get a chance to mind to sit down and talk with Steve Smith, even if it's only five minutes, man, make sure you do it. That guy, he is—I mean, he is—he's a ball of energy. He's a ball of one-liners. I mean, he's—he's he's got it all covered i really do enjoy talking to steve smith and uh i i don't talk to him i mean i know it sounded like i probably talked to him all the time i don't but uh every, every opportunity i've had at different draft settings that's usually where it is is that is that one of the drafts uh he's he's point, no, mean, you can say y'all friends prepared. man no no i'm not saying we're homeboys. i'm not saying that i'm just saying that uh you know whenever i'm i'm at a draft and he's always there because he, he covers the draft like a glove now as well uh he, he's just fun to talk to and you know, he, he tells it how it is. He's not one. He, he doesn't go with the, you know, like the cookie cutter. Well, this is how it's supposed to sound. This is what it's supposed to look like. I mean, he's just he's who he is. He sounds like he's he, he's just who he is. And he's very comfortable with being in his own skin. And that's always something that I could appreciate. So, uh, yeah, if you ever get that opportunity, if you ever read a draft or something like that, or you see him, maybe he'll be at a Legion stadium this year uh, and you're there. You get to just say what's up to him. He'll He talks to everybody, so uh, you could definitely uh, get that in. But uh, big ups to Trey Wingo for joining us right there. And I think Trey was in the car or something, his phone cutting out here and there. But uh, definitely appreciate his time. He's a ball of knowledge when it comes to the NFL. The time is 224. I'm live in Canton, Ohio. Damon Cotton, he's back in the home studios making everything go. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Hey, Raider Nation, this
0: is Marcus Allison. You're listening to Radio Station 920.
1: Say, Raider Nation, Radio 920. Raider Nation, Radio Station 920. Welcome
2: back to Unnecessary
1: Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. And today we're live on the road. Canton, Ohio is the scene of the crime right now. Very excited. Pro Football Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame weekend. 28 new members will be inducted into the Hall of Fame by the time the whole weekend is over. I won't be here for the whole meal deal, but I'll be here for the majority of it. I will let you know about my adventures getting here at some point. But I'm very excited to be in Canton, Ohio. My man DeMond is back in the home studios making everything go. I definitely appreciate him. And I also appreciate Maui Jelly Factory uh, for making it all happen. Uh, They're the ones that have uh, powered us and uh, sponsored us to make sure that we are here providing you with the Hall of Fame coverage, MauiJellyFactory.com to make sure you check them out. And it's funny, I was talking about them a little earlier in the show uh, when we first got on the air. And I was saying that uh, what I had, I had the jelly and I had it with some pork and it was so good. And I was trying to describe, I was trying to come up with a phrase, a a cute little phrase to make it sound really good. So I said Bon Appetit. And uh, my man Tom hit me up on Twitter and said, Q, when describing Maui jellies, be accurate. It's not Bon Appetit. The proper Hawaiian would be so ono oh, broke the mouth just as written so there you go it is so ono oh, broke the mouth damon do you got that you got that covered so now we won't get it wrong
3: you know what i don't think i'm ever gonna say that you know it's one of those like <laughs> that's that like one of those things like man you appropriating our culture like i feel like i'd say it wrong like so ono oh, yeah they're like what you talking about man Be like
1: I don't <laughs> what know. you talking about willis no nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really good jellies jams syrups Matter of fact, that's what I had. I had the syrup, and I, and I hate that I can't remember exactly what flavor it was, but it was so good, and uh, my man Aaron suggested it to me. He said, hey, just put this syrup and put it on some pork, and, and uh, yeah, it'll, you'll be good to go, and it was great. But uh, they have all kind of great flavors. Uh, they got the Hawaiian pepper jelly. Uh, you could put that on a bagel. As It's, 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 it's great on a bagel with cream cheese. Uh, they also got the lava flow syrup, and as it's been described, if you've ever had the drink, then you know what's up, and I don't have to say anything else. If you've already had the lava flow syrup drink, then you already know what's going down with that uh, with that release right there, that syrup from maui jelly factory check him out online at MauiJellyfactory.com. Uh, but we're here for the hall of fame going to get into some charles woodson uh conversation in a little bit what Ch- charles woodson says what it means to be a raider but before that we want to go out to the raider nation listener line 702-365-9200 let's go out to raider mike he wants to talk some hall of fame what's on your mind this afternoon my man
2: what's up brother
1: how you been man chilling man chilling
2: Anyway, have you got your boy, DeMond, to listen to? It takes a nation of millions to hold us back yet.
1: Nah, he's not up to you speed yet were, on that. I'm working on it. Yeah, once he's hooked, he won't
2: stop listening to it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing I did. Anyway, to the Hall of Fame, Uh, I, I'm going to cry when Flores goes in. I mean, I've been shouting for 30 years on the radio to put this man in. It's just stupid. He's not – and it's – I. Because of what he did at Seattle, that's right. that's, that's, that's just ridiculous to me. Um, Drew Pearson, please mention that Cliff deserves to be there just like you. Have some class. That'd be cool if he did that. Hopefully he does, because they played the same era, have the same stats. Cliffs are better. Huh. And uh, hopefully Drew does something like that, because that'd, that'd be cool. See Wood getting in? Oh, <laughs> how could he not? My, right. One of my all-time top five Raiders of all time. I mean, he he, just, he wore Willie Brown's number. I mean, um, I just class act. I think probably the smartest, most cerebral defensive player in history. He's he's way up there. And the way he could run back kicks, um, play offenses at Michigan, et cetera. I'm surprised Gruden didn't use him more doing that sort of thing. But anyway. Spilt milk. Um, I'm just my heart swells now that these guys are in. Lastly, who are we going to work on now? We got to get Cliff in. That has to happen. Um, Greg Townsend needs to go in. I think mean, Todd Christensen needs to go in. Um, so let's let's just keep shouting on the radio station to get these guys rightfully where they they need to be. Love the show. You know that, Keith, since the beginning. I've been listening to you. Glad to have you back, brother. Peace
1: Appreciate out. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for the call, my man. That's Raider Mike. Appreciate it as always, my man. And we definitely want to hear from you, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the show, 702-365-9200. Of course, the Ash text line is wide open, like some old school TV antennas as well, 69108, 69187, keyword R&R. And uh, matter of fact, got a couple text messages I wanted to get to. William from the 530, he said, just want to know what's your favorite Charles Woodson memory mine has to be watching him break the interception and sack record against the chiefs and how he took over that game and just how he dominates again, that's from William from the five three Oh. And you know, the thing about it is there's so many memories I have of Charles Woodson because that, and I've said it before is he's my favorite Raider of all time. And I, I know that that conversation we've had it on the, on the station before uh, it's really hard to say who's the greatest Raider of all time, because I feel it's a generational uh, question and answer because there's so many greats, but, for my generation, I feel like my wheelhouse, uh, Charles Woodson was my guy. Uh, as, as a 44-year-old man, um, I remember when Charles Woodson was drafted. I've said it multiple times. I was at a Hoop It Up tournament, and I just waited for that number four overall pick and just knew it was going to be Seawood, and it and it was. you know, and, and so excited that he was a member of the Silver and Black. And I'll be the first to admit, man, when he went off to Green Bay, he matured. Uh, he, he, he found out how to, you know, take his game from where it was to even a higher level. And then he returned to the silver and black. And that day he returned was one of the happiest days that, that you want to talk about memories. That was one of the happiest days for me. And I was working at ESPN Central Texas when it happened. And my program director at the time, David Smoke, uh, we were on this group chat, and it was about eight of us that were on this group chat. And I kept saying, uh, I'm refreshing Twitter to see if Seawood has signed you. And then when he finally signed, I just put on the group chat, like, Seawood's home, let's go, you know, something like that, something to that extent. And uh, and uh, Smokey is what we called him. He said, oh, he'll have, you know, four or five interceptions on the season, and, uh, you know, the Raiders will win four games. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's an older – older defensive back basically he just kind of pooed on it like it was no big deal like he was it was like it was signing you know um uh what was that guy last year that i can't stand um man who's the one that i, I said never needs to be in the silver and black again uh you know who i'm talking about damon he's he always actually,
3: li- did he actually play
1: yeah he played it yeah the raiders brought him back at the end of the season because they were so desperate for a defensive back and uh, all you saw was the back of his jersey he always got burned i think he's in arizona now uh, he is in Arizona. They just signed him the other day. Oh, uh, that's how bad he is. I can't even remember his name. Anyway, uh, Smokey made it sound like it was just a scrub and I got so mad. Like I got, I got offended. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, like he was talking about my mom or something. You know what I mean? I got so angry. I was like, you're not going to ruin this for me. <laughs> you're not going to ruin this for me. This is my day. And he's like, it's going to be okay. Q. He's still, you know, 30 something year old defensive back. He's not just going to, you know, take the team to the promised land. But uh, when he did return, man, he, that was, that was big. That was big. Cause they needed that leadership that he did provide. Uh, so that, that was always cool. But uh, going back to, to almost favorite memories of Seawood, I'll tell you his first interception, his first career interception he had, I remember it. It was against the Arizona Cardinals. It was a pick six. Uh, it was off Matt Leinart and the way he baited Matt Leinart into that pass. And he, he, Grabbed that thing, took it to the house, and it was like he was dribbling a ball. I, I could, I, I, picture it like it's, like it just happened. It was almost like he was dribbling a basketball all the way to the, to the house, and uh, that was, that was a, a great Seawood memory. And then also in the Super Bowl, and obviously the Raiders lost that Super Bowl, but uh, he had an interception early in the game, and then the, the Raiders ended up only turning it into a field goal. And I knew then that, oh man, they only got a field goal out of that. That's a uh, bad business. So those are a couple great Seawood memories for me. Uh, also had a text from a two five four number representing the the lone star state uh texas and i I missed out on it it said ask trey what he thinks about the baylor bears and and the reason why they asked me that is because trey is a former baylor bear uh that's his alma mater and so i didn't get to get to that one they said also my cowboys look like they're in mid-season form (laughs) going back to the fact that they put up a, a whole three points in the hall of fame game last night and Uh, He just didn't look very good, but the whole game wasn't very good. It was the first game of the the preseason. You know, that's not going to be very good. But yeah, there there was a lot to not like in that game. I'll say two highlights. I'll take away from last night's game. Two highlights for me. I thought Najee Harris looked really good for the Steelers, even though he only carried the ball, I think, what, seven or eight times. But he, he you could tell he's the truth. And then uh, Michael Parsons for the Cowboys. I thought Michael Parsons did a really good job flying around. Uh They got them a real deal linebacker right there. That is a guy, and I've been saying it and screaming from the mountaintops for years. I would love the Raiders to draft a Cowboy, uh, not a Cowboy, draft a linebacker that was an alpha dog. Just I think that that's somebody that they've needed for years, and uh Michael Parsons, I knew that the Raiders had no opportunity to get him just because he was going to go too high, but that dude, he could play, and I know it was a small sample size. I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but... Uh, you could tell that he could fly around and make plays. So uh, they got them a real deal linebacker. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a couple takeaways that I had from the Hall of Fame game. But I did throw the question out there, uh, and you can respond. At uh, 702-365-9200, of course, the Salmon Ash text line. You can hit us up on that as well, 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know. The Raiders, they'll play their first preseason game next Saturday against the Seattle Seahawks. They'll host them at Allegiant Stadium. What will you be looking for? What is something that you pay attention to? Trey Wingo brought up a great point, health. You want the guys to get out of there healthy. Great point by Trey. What will you be looking for next Saturday? in the Raiders' preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks and throughout the rest of the the, the preseason as they played three games this year as opposed to four. 239 is the time. We'll come back. We'll get some of your feedback. Plus, the Raiders signed another running back. Jalen Richard, he's on the shelf, so they signed another running back. Who is it? I'll tell you next. This is Unnecessary Roughness live from Canton, Ohio, here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness
4: roughness.
1: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm
4: going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we are back live on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Canton, Ohio is the scene where I'm at right now. As the hall of fame weekend is upon us very excited about it uh tom flores coach tom flores is going to go into the hall and defensive back charles woodson is going to go into the hall and been talking about seawood been talking about coach flores been talking about just all the festivities here in canton ohio since the show started at two o'clock and uh definitely appreciate all the feedback that we received and i know we have some more uh, great listeners on the raider nation listener line that we'll get to in a hot minute but i do want to pass along this note that that dropped about probably about 45 minutes ago, right as the show was about to start. Uh, The Raiders assigned free agent running back Bo Scarborough. He is back. He is with the team. Uh, He's been signed multiple times throughout the course of his career and never really seems to stick. He was drafted by the Cowboys in the seventh round of 2018. Uh, Then he went and played uh, with the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Lions. And Again, just never a guy that really seems to stick around once he gets an opportunity in the league. He is a big, big bruising dude. Or at least he's a big, big bruising looking dude. But he just, to me, never really seems to really run the same way he looks you know what I mean because you look at Derrick Henry and you see the way he runs and the strength that he runs with and the power that he runs with and he's a, a intimidating looking guy well Bo Scarborough is a is a very intimidating looking dude as well but he to me just doesn't run as hard and, and behind his pads as strong as Derrick Henry runs and he kind of runs a little bit more upright than than I would like him to, to run but I know that's some guy's style but Uh, Right right now, Jalen Richard, he's out. He has the foot injury. He's going to be out for a couple weeks. Uh, So, hey, they bring in another running back. I don't know if they're just kicking the tires on him. I don't know if he's a placeholder until Richard gets back. Or maybe they see something in him that they like. But another Alabama running back is added to that running back stable with the Raiders, with the signing of Bo Scarborough uh, earlier this afternoon. Now, Damon, we were talking about Charles Woodson before we went to break, and I was asked uh, about my favorite Charles Woodson memory, and I swore to you, I remembered it like it was the back of my hand, and it happened yesterday. And uh, clearly, I don't remember it as great as I thought I remembered it, because I said that Matt Leiner threw that interception, and and Matt Leiner did not throw that interception because he was not in the league, but we have a great listener on the rare nation listener line that uh actually wants to correct me on it so uh i don't, I don't know his name but go ahead and, and go to him damon the
3: Demond? funniest thing just happened he just what? dropped i was gonna put him on the air i was like let me listen to it a little first went went silent got the eh, eh, eh. yeah he's gone now <laughs> but i'll tell you Maybe he, he the moment got to him because he was like, yeah, I'll tell him. I was like, if you want to tell him, I'll put you on the air. And he was like, yeah. He was like, I don't. He was like, I love the show. I love you guys. I don't mean to call out Q, but his memory is not as good as he thinks it is because it was Jake Plummer.
1: That's right. It sure was. Not and, and I, 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 I'm sorry that I I don't remember his name. I wanted to thank him for calling. Hey, It don't matter, man. You can call and call me out at any time. If I uh, get a fact wrong, please, please correct me. I, I Believe me, I'm not going to take it personal. I have no problem with that. Um Hold I just on Q, that I we have a surprise return. Raider Rack is back. Oh, there he is. Raider Rack, what's on your mind, my man?
2: Hey, I'm, I'm sorry we got cut off earlier there. Um yeah, I just uh, I was listening to you guys and uh I can remember that uh first Charles Wilson uh pick six against the Cardinals just as well. And um and I believe he picked off Jake Plummer though. I don't think he was yeah. Matt Leonard.
1: Yeah, no, you're uh, right. You're um, right. I yeah, you're right. Uh, Liner wasn't even in the league yet at that point. That was that was my fault. Good catch. I'm glad you caught that one. But wasn't that a heck of an interception in the way he baited him and then and then like dribbled the ball to the to the end zone? I thought that was great.
2: Yeah, he fake dribbled it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he did the whole dribble, and I was like, wow, this is, it was just. A, I think it was a precursor of of of, of what he was going to bring us for the next, you know whatever seven eight years or whatever you know whatever he was you know until he came yeah. back from green day
1: yeah absolutely i agree and, and thank you and like i said man i have no problem anytime i get something wrong please don't hesitate to call and, and let me know i i don't have any problem with that i appreciate that that's what it's all about so uh, thank you so much for that call my man all right. I wanna say right I'm,
2: I'm about your age and i'm from the east bay and nice. uh, i love you guys and you guys keep it going
1: all right, we will. We will represent that East Bay, my man. I appreciate you. No doubt about it. Shout out to the East Bay. Demond don't know about that, but it's all good. Well, Every
3: day, every day, somebody calls in from a California area, and I'm just like, okay, cool.
1: <laughs> well, that's just because Raider Nation is just so – so large and you know it's 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 really it's worldwide i mean we've had calls from korea we've had calls from honolulu we've got i mean just all over the place calls from texas uh just everywhere i mean it, it's great uh you know mitch in new jersey always calls uh you know we get calls from dc i mean that's that's just what it is and yeah of the nation love- is worldwide it's worldwide exactly exactly and we also love our calls from home we also love our calls from Las Vegas, from Henderson, from the, you know, from, from the state, man, just definitely uh, hit us up. We, we take all calls and we take all texts. We do appreciate that. Uh, Again, throughout the question to you, uh, what are you looking forward to or what will you be looking forward to when, when the Raiders play the Seattle Seahawks, when they go through their preseason schedule, there's three games this year, what will be your focus? You know, who, who, I don't think you're going to be looking at Derek Carr. I'm sure you won't see him at all on uh, on Saturday against the Seahawks. But um, I I won't be paying attention to the offense. I know one of the 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 areas I'll be paying attention to is the defense, and really just the the young guys on the defense, not the not the veterans. You know, not the Gerald McCoys who was out there today. And uh, from all everything I understand, Gerald McCoy looked pretty good. He was out there doing some teaching. Uh, I think that that's big, man. He was out there working with Solomon Thomas and for a guy to come in and only be on the team one or two days and all of a sudden out there and he's he's helping educate a guy who's who's supposed to be there to, to you know play that three technique and he was just kind of giving him some tips on what to do. Uh, one, big ups to Solomon Thomas for taking that teaching. And, and, and two, big ups to Gerald McCoy for not only being a guy in shape, looking like he's trying to be a player out there, but also with that leadership, and that's something that uh, R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. We talked to him yesterday uh, on the show about Gerald McCoy, and he said, "Hey, he's going to bring that leadership, and that's what you saw day one." We'll ask Heidi Fang more about that also, later just on. About uh, being coming up big. In the next hour, go ahead.
3: Also, he's just big. Like that's one of like big ups. Like big, you know, Gerald McCoy's just big. Looking in those videos, just like now, I kind of believe those reports now about oh maybe they just wanted some more size, like to beef up, you know, like that three technique defensive tackle. Because Jerome McCoy, it's like, oh man, of course these are NFL defensive linemen, but Jerome McCoy's just like another, like, oh man, that's a mountain of a man right there.
1: Right, right. No, he, he really is. And you know, for him to come back off the injury that he had, a ruptured quad just a season ago, and at his age to be able to come back and be in as good of a shape as he is, uh, that's pretty impressive. So uh I'm I'm not mad at that at all. I think that that's really, really impressive. Now, uh Damon, I I know we were talking about Seawood, Wood and you had a soundbite that you pulled about uh from Charles Woodson about Uh, what it means to be a Raider. How long is that? Do I have enough time to put that in here right now or do I have to wait till next hour? We got the time. All right, well, let's go ahead. Here's Charles Woodson, the Hall of Famer, Charles Woodson, on what it means to be a Raider.
4: You know, I think the the thing about the the Raiders is that, you know, I've seen the Raiders from afar, you know, kind of growing up. Um, But, you know, they were, of course, West Coast, so you caught those games kind of late. And so by the time they came on, a lot of times, you know, you might be outside, you know, playing. So I really you know, understood or begin to understand the Raiders know when I got there. Um, I tell people all the time that, you know, my first memories of, of, you know, going out there to the facilities and walking around was hanging around Willie Brown and Willie Brown was a guy who made sure that you understood what it meant to be a Raider. And I remember the first thing that he was all, he would always tell us is that there are 31 other teams in the NFL, and then there's the Raiders. And so, you know, that's the kind of mentality that you really picked up, you know, once you got out there. Um, You know, I spent a lot lot of time around George Atkinson and and some of those old players, Cliff Cliff Branch. So I knew very early on, um, you know, what I needed to bring to the table uh, as a young player, you know, and I had to bring it. Uh, it, And it was about going out there, working hard every day, of course, Um, but they wanted you to be a tough, physical fast football player and that's what I thought that I brought to the table and, and I kind of got that direction from the older guys so you know when I think about when I think about my time with the Raiders um, that's what I tried to do um, and I think the, the, the greatest part for me really was going back the second time and you know being ingratiated by the fans there um, just really you know bringing me back with open arms um, which was so cool to me because I didn't know what to expect when I went out there. Um, But second time around, now I was able to really show what it was to be a Raider, you know, to the guys who were there at that point in time. And so, you know, I I cherish those moments, man, those last couple of years playing in in Oakland, uh, representing the silver and black and showing those guys what it meant, you know, to be an Oakland Raider, what it meant to go out there each and every game, no matter the the circumstance no matter whether we were up or down whether we started off 0 and 9 which we did one year it, it didn't matter you know you got to go out there and work and get it done man and and show to and show your 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 teammates your coaches and your fans man that you care about what's going on so uh that's what I think about when I think about my time with with the Raiders
1: there you go. I like it. Great job, Damon. I like that. Really good stuff. Really good details right there from Charles Woodson about being a Raider and and who taught him about being a Raider. And I know Damon, you thought I don't know about a month ago when I started this show that I was making that up when I said that you're just you're just a different cat. You just cut differently if you're if you're a Raider. You know, you just built differently. But now multiple guys have told you, or not necessarily told you, but you've heard from multiple guys. Marcel Reese told you last week. How much different it was to be a Raider than it is for everybody else, and then you heard the great Charles Woodson right there mention what Willie Brown told him: "There's 31 teams in the league, and then there's the Raiders." It's just—I love it's that just as a, a saying, though. That's a,
3: that's a great saying there.
1: Well, that, it's, it's I, not love, just, I love that. It's not just a saying, though. It's a way. It's it's a reality. It's a way of life. It's just what it is. I can I can picture you, even though I'm not in the studio. I can picture you right now. You probably got this big old smile on your face, huh?
3: Oh yeah, I'm I'm laughing. I'm laughing. I mean it's like oh, it's not it's not it's like one of the it's like the part in the movie where it's just like, "Yeah, okay." It's just like if you I mean, it is good to say. I mean, I'm I'm pumped up here and he's like, "Yo, it's us against everybody." But it's like, "Oh, no, these cats actually believe it though."
1: No, no, it's 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 yeah, it's 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 absolutely believed. There is nothing that's not believed. It is 100% facts. There's nobody that will call into the station. There's nobody that will text into the station. There's nobody that will tweet at the station that does not believe that. Not one person at all. So there you go. You heard it from the the guy himself, Charles Woodson. And I still have a little bit of time to land that Charles Woodson interview. Tell you, it's been a little difficult since I've been here just because it's so many different kind of protocols, and they've done things so differently. Like You heard that that audio right there from Charles Woodson. Normally, that would be something that you collect in person. That's not collected in person. That was by way of Zoom. All the guys that are being in, in, inducted into the Hall of Fame were all on Zoom calls. They have all their files. That's great, but usually right there where they have the little radio rows set up, and it's inside of a high school, and it's funny. The high school is connected to Tom Benson Stadium. I actually was walking around the stadium earlier today as the as the crew is 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 turning the football field that we saw last night into the stage, into the setting where all these induction speaks are, speeches are going to take place, uh, I actually walked around there a little bit earlier today. But normally, right there at that radio row inside that high school, they have a uh, they have all the people that are going to be inducted right there in a little auditorium setting, and and they're on a podium, and you just walk up to them and you just talk to them. And you just chop it up right then and there. Uh, I usually have my phone and I just record it and boom, you're good to go. And sometimes you'll get one of the guys to, you know, come off to the side and, and do a one-on-one with you. And sometimes it's a, it's a group setting, but either way, it's, it's a lot better than doing it by way of zoom. But uh, as it is right now, we're still at least here doing things by zoom. So that's a little unfortunate, but uh, I'm still going to keep on grinding. I'm going to keep on working. I'll tell you this tomorrow and then we'll take a break and get to the top of the hour get, to cover three NFL news and notes of the day. I told you that my travels have not been the greatest, right? You did. I could just tell you this. You saw me yesterday. You saw what I was wearing. You probably don't remember because, I mean, you are you know, who cares? You're not really worried about what I'm wearing.
3: Yeah, you didn't I'm, compliment my Ultimate Warrior t-shirt. So, yeah, I don't know what you were wearing either.
1: Okay, that's fine. I do remember seeing that shirt, and I was going to say something, but I, never, I ran out of time. I'll tell you right now, I'm still wearing what I was wearing yesterday. <laughs> still wearing what I'm wearing yesterday still to this, to this. And it's almost three o'clock in the afternoon. Well, it's almost actually where I'm at. It's almost six o'clock in the evening, but uh, yeah, I'm still wearing the same clothes. I have not gone to bed. I got a little bit of sleep on the plane, just a little bit of sleep. But what happened is you have to wear your mask on the plane, right? That's something that you just have to do, which is fine. I had my mask on and when I fell asleep, I accidentally drooled. And so I woke up, because there was drool inside my mask. So (laughs) that was the end of my sleep on the plane. So, yeah, the plane ride was fine. It's been everything else after that. No sleep, none, and I have not changed clothes yet. I have a bag full of clothes. I have not changed it. And I'm on my second hotel since I've been here. Second one. Never stayed in the first one. Matter of fact, I don't even think I canceled my first one. I never do that in the commercial break. But I went to... Now, I'll tell you, I'll tell you at 315, I'll save this because I don't want to rush through this story. At 315, I will tell you how I almost became a a new actor on Cops. You know how they have cops and it's like real life stories? I almost became a real life story on Cops. So I'll tell you about that at 315. We got Heidi Fang coming up at 330 to talk about practice, what she saw at the facility in Henderson today. And uh, coming up next, we'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll do cover three NFL news and notes of the day. We'll just go around the league. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920.